Petersfield's Shine Radio. Shine Radio's Growing Together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos is supported by Alitex. Modern Victorian glasshouses made in South Harting. Hello and thanks for joining us in Growing Together, the gardening podcast from Petersfield's Shine Radio. I'm Claire Venice and I'm with Steve Amos on a sunny morning at the Adhurst Estate Allotments. Good, Good morning. morning, Steve. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? All right, now the sun's come out and that dreadful rain's gone. Oh, thank goodness. It was a bit wild, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> well, we were due to record this during the storm. I'm glad you looked at the weather forecast. <laughs> Me too. We'd have been blown away. We would have been. We'd, We'd have been, been, been in Kansas, I think. Somewhere like that. I, well, I came up here just to uh, see what damage had occurred and I got away lightly, actually. Just a couple of panels on the parsnip boxes had blown off, but they hadn't gone far. They'd okay. been found down at the stream before, so um, we, we, we got away lightly. Yesterday. Well, good, good news, there wasn't too much damage. No, good. And I've had a little look around. There's been no sheds blown over which we've had before greenhouses that had glass still look like they've got glass so we're, we're all good and now the sun is shining and set to shine for a little while I believe. it is isn't it which would be lovely and somebody i was talking to the other day was threatening to get their legs out oh which, which is a bit scary <laughs> not yet milk, well, maybe. milk bottle white legs everywhere yeah. <laughs> seem to be red <laughs> i guess it's got to be done at some point exactly exactly <laughs> well it's great to be down here once again the blossoms out on the trees the birds are singing it's quiet because I think it's just us here, isn't it? We're that early. I like coming down here early, though. I do. And do you know what? In the summer, I come down for, you know, quarter to seven in the morning. Mm. And it is beautiful. You know, just that slight warmth of the sun. No one about. The road's quiet. The birds are singing. It is just beautiful. It really is lovely. Start your day off right. And I usually sit down and have a cup of coffee. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. I don't rush into work at that time of morning. <laughs> I, uh, I d- definitely take my time and have a nice cup of coffee. Well, I, I've noticed your setup in your shed, Steve, and you've got it nicely set up in there with your kettle, some biscuits, which you hid quickly. <laughs> you weren't meant to mention the biscuits. Oh, they're, sorry. They're not mine. They're my neighbours. My neighbours all use my shed as well. So it's, a, it's become a bit of a communal shed for this corner of the allotment, which I don't mind, as long as they tidy up after themselves. It's a nice spot to have. It is Well, lovely. we've got a packed programme once again for you. This is the second Growing Together this month, actually, and we will continue to do two Growing Togethers per month from now on, because there's so much to talk about. It's so busy. There's a lot going on, isn't there, Steve? To be fair, we never really struggle with anything to talk about. <laughs> That's true, but we are now joined by a sponsor. We are supported by Alitex, and Alitex is a local greenhouse company that make beautiful Victorian glass houses. They're beautiful. They are There's no other word to describe it other than beautiful. They really are gorgeous. I've seen a few in the local area and they're just stunning. Yeah, so we're absolutely thrilled that Alitex are joining us on this Growing Together journey. Thanks so much. And actually coming up next month in May, we'll be following the growing journey of Nellie Hall at Alitex as she prepares for their stand at the Chelsea Flower Show later in May. I thought it was stressful preparing for the steep flower show. I'm in awe of the prep that goes into getting ready for Chelsea. Yeah, to have everything ready just right for that one week it's must, incredible, be, isn't it? must be quite a task. Yeah, Mind-blowing. And lots of love. Yes. Lots of love has got to go into <laughs> Lots it. of love, <laughs> lots of patience yes. and lots of stress. Honestly. Well, we'll find out more from Nilly next month. Looking forward to it. And also joining us in this episode, we have Bee Ackley from the Petersfield Pumpkin Growers Association. That's an amazing group, which I didn't know existed, but I think you possibly did. I, yeah, I did. Um, one of our plot holders was a, an active member, uh, unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. And he's the guy we named the pumpkin trophy after, Bob Keevil. So I, I do know about them. Don't have time to get involved with them. 
morning, unfortunately, but it sounds like good fun. Yeah, it is good fun. I'm going to tell you more about that later on. And also we have Neil and Catherine Walsgrove from Pepperpot Herbs, who run a herbal nursery not too far from here, in between Selborne and Alton. So we'll hear some nice herbal inspiration from them, which has got me thinking, actually, Steve, about what to grow this year. Yeah, herb-wise. Okay. Well, I've never grown herbs from seeds. I've either bought them from the garden centre, which I know is very lazy, or I've taken cuttings. They have the most amazing seed sowing machine. It was quite incredible to walk around and see what goes on there. So what's new down here at the allotment then, Steve? What have you been getting on with? Well, we've just had the Easter weekend and as per my tradition, the potatoes are in. We had a, a, a good day on Good Friday. It was a good day on Good Friday. Uh, my girlfriend and her kids reluctantly mm. came down and, and helped, but once they got stuck in, they, they really enjoyed themselves. And it was good. It was a really good day. Um, we were down here for about five hours. We got a lot of beds rotivated and the potatoes planted, which was the important thing. We're literally sat right next to your potato plot. And you grow potatoes not in the ground, but in bags, don't you? That's right. Yeah, I use 17-litre um, poly bags and fill them to a third with compost and then put the seed potato in just one or two small seed potatoes per bag and then fill them right to the top and then earth them up. They're in a trench so the bags are covered about halfway up with, with the earth just to keep retain the moisture and a bit of warmth and yeah, and away they go. And this is how you've grown potatoes for a while now, isn't it? Yes, ever since I started showing, the problem is planting potatoes in the ground with shows. There's stones, there's slugs, not that slugs can't get in the bags, but you've just got much more control over what you grow and how you grow them with the poly bags. And people are gonna shout, oh, you're using plastic, but I've had those poly bags now for about 10 years. They've done well, they're, they're good quality. Still got, still got about 30 bags left from the original 40 that I bought. What variety of potato are you growing? So only two varieties here, which is Casablanca, which is a white potato, and Kestrel, which is a colored potato. I grew Casablanca and Winston last year, for the white potatoes and decided that the Casablanca was a better tasting potato. So obviously for all the rejects, you know, out of 12 bags of potatoes, I'm only looking for four potatoes, maybe eight <laughs> for the show bench, possibly 12. Um, and all the rest go to the table. So it's important to get that balance between a good eater and a good shower. I personally felt that the Casablanca was the one to go for. Are these um, main crop potatoes? Second early. So you'll be digging them up in July-ish time? July time. So I've set the clock. Have you? Yeah. Do you do that? <laughs> well, not quite the clock, but it's in my diary. Oh, wow. Date, date planted and then a number of weeks later. You know, there's so much information on the internet about showing, which is, again, why well, I just love the horticultural world. You know, people are just so happy to share this information and I found this um, info sheet of all the different varieties of potatoes that can be used for showing and timelines of when to plant them, how long to leave them in and, and you know what to do with them. So it's all there on the internet to find. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I know you do a bit of both. Like you said, you do some show and you also grow to eat. For the table as, as well. well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. What does a showing potato look like? It's kind of a perfect oval. Get a kid to draw a potato. That's the best way to describe it, I think. It's, it's a perfect oval, there's, there's no blemishes on it, there's no scaly skin, it's pure, like creamy white. Yeah, and you need anywhere between three and five potatoes, depending which show you go to. And they've got to match, they've got to be of equal size. They don't need to be massive, and quite frankly, they shouldn't really be massive. Probably two or three inches, long ways, in that beautiful oval, as I said, with a lovely pale, creamy white skin with no blemishes that's that's what the judges are looking for i went to one show once and i'm going to blow my own trumpet here now um, and I, I got best in show for the potatoes and the judges comments were perfect just said 
Perfect, which I was so pleased with. And I actually got a National Veg Society medal for that. Which Did I, you? Yeah, I was, I was so, I'm so, such a geek. I was so <laughs> pleased. Honestly, I was buzzing. Oh, congratulations. Well, thank you. Which show was that at? It was List Show, because they're NVS and National Daily Society and RHS affiliated. So all the big players are, are there and judged to a, a really high standard, which is great. And is that what you're planning to show at again this year? Yes, I haven't had the dates through yet for the shows, but um, that's what I'm planning to do. And anywhere else? Or, or um, just Steep, Liss, Liphook, up at Hawkley. And, and I'm going to go and try the Southern Championships as well down at the National Veg Society. Mm. Um, but we'll, we'll see what grows. You know, I, I can't say I'm going to enter this now because I just don't know what it's going to look like. But I think potatoes, carrots and hopefully shallots. I know there's a lot of competition in the shallots, but I'd rather have a go at something, just one or two varieties and see how we get on. When yeah. is that then? When does that show take place? Um, end of the summer, so sort of beginning mid-September. Watch Ooh, this space. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Exciting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, I have dug my potatoes. I took inspiration from you, Steve, and used the Easter weekend because it was actually gorgeous weather. It was lovely, so wasn't it? How nice to get out in the Apart from Easter Monday. Bank holiday Monday <laughs> exactly. in the UK. Yeah. It's pouring down. Yeah, the beginning of the weekend was, was gorgeous. So was I beautiful. did dig my potatoes in and... I haven't grown potatoes for a while and I realised why it's so hard to dig them in. Oh, I think my back is still aching. Anyway, they are in, they are there. Something in my garden, in my front garden where my veg patch is, is actually digging down into the trenches of my potatoes. So I don't know what that is. How big a hole? Quite a big hole, not a mouse or a rat hole, but quite substantial. We've got a stoat in our back garden, but I don't know if that would make its way to the front garden. Possibly. I've had to now cover it with chicken wire. Have you got a um, wildlife camera? Well, we do, and I need to set it up. Set it up? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Mm, See what it is. interesting. The mystery of the holes in Claire's front garden. (laughs) I'll be very cross if those potatoes are eaten after (laughs) I've dug them in. (laughs) Well, at least you've dug now, so it'd be easy to plant some more sweet potatoes. Yes, if you can get hold of any. Well, that's true. But talking of how you grow your potatoes and your carrots i'm considering growing my carrots in pots now in a tub yeah okay good i think it's a smart way of growing you know like you said if if you grow it straight into the ground you've got the issue of stones and you just don't know what else is going to be going on down there whereas if you've got the sand and some good compost yep that seems like a good way to to grow so i'm inspired by you steve to try that some competition (laughs) i love it (laughs) well i'm not going to grow the big long carrots i found some burgundy carrots called Red Sun, Okay. which sound like fun. They're not heritage. I haven't gone the heritage route on these, but you'll be pleased to hear that the cucumbers I picked up from the seed swap, the heritage cucumbers, are coming up. Oh, brilliant. So, yeah, Those funny can, round ones. The little funny round yeah. ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, I got cucumbers planted the other day, actually, and they're all up as well. They're the ones for the plant sales, and then I'm going to plant my own probably this week and have you, have you planted ones for greenhouse or for outside oh, just greenhouse i've yeah. never i've never tried growing them outside i know i know you can and i know there's a number of varieties that, that do work outside i was growing them in a greenhouse the ones outside are good and i've had a lot of success with those but the skin tends to be quite hard yes so i, I tend to, to peel, peel, the, skin peel off. the skin so talking of growing things i went to the petersfield pumpkin growers association meet which was their first of the year where they distribute seeds So if you're a member, and you can still join, and there's still time if you'd like to join for this year to actually get the seeds to grow the pumpkins. And I met with some of the members there and had great fun actually talking to them about their growing competition. I could imagine. So I'm going to show you actually, Steve, 
the seeds now that I picked up oh, for right. my five pound membership. It's not You've a joined. Lot. I have joined. Oh my goodness. I'm giving it a go. I'm not a hugely successful pumpkin grower. Okay. Well, neither was I last year, if you remember. Yes, well, <laughs> I thought you might want to share some seeds with oh, me. Wow. Because Ex how exciting. They give you two packets. Okay. One is of the hundred weight seeds, yes. which everybody gets. Yes. And there are five seeds in those. Okay. So there are various different trophies for the heaviest, for the best all round, and a matched pair. Matched pair, yeah. Ooh, that's quite tricky, I'd have thought. I'd have thought so. So I don't know if I've got a huge amount of room in my garden to grow a hundred weight pumpkin. Okay. But I wondered if you might share some yes, seeds too. Yes, absolutely, that'd be awesome. And then we have the best of the rogues. So you get two seeds of two different varieties. And I've been given Big Max, which I imagine is Quite a big one again. <laughs> and Queensland Blue, which I'm thrilled about because I've not grown Queensland Blue before, but I have grown Crown Prince, which I think is a gorgeous pumpkin. It looks because lovely. it's blue on the outside and you cut in and it's a gorgeous orange. Yeah. And I love the contrast of those colours. Okay. So here we are. These are the seeds, Steve. Fantastic. Have a think about is this, it. Is this, a, is this you challenging me to, well, grow, to grow a bigger pumpkin than you? No, or, no. Or are you looking for me to grow a big pumpkin for you? I thought we might, <laughs> I thought we might join forces. Okay. Potentially, as a growing together team. As a team. team. Perfect. Love it. Let's do it. Because we do like to grow together. We do. Let's hear from Beatley from the Peter Pumpkin Growers Association who tells us more about this fascinating Petersfield group. I'm sat in the beautiful garden of Bee Attlee, who is the Joint Secretary of the Petersfield Pumpkin Growers Association. Hello Bee, lovely Hello, to meet Claire. you. Hello nice to meet you too. <laughs> I didn't know about the Pumpkin Growers Association, so I'd love to find out more about it from you please. Okay, it's a group of gardeners in and around Petersfield. I think it says it in the name, doesn't it? We hmm. grow pumpkins. Um, the group started actually in 1976 and uh, it was a group of local local farmers and also um, Norman Bryant that ran Bryant's The Greengrocers in Petersfield and Liss. Um, he was one of the founder members. The only founder member we have now is our president who's Andy Anderson that uh, lives in Liss and he's still a really keen grower. So they started in 1976. It was all very serious then. There were ties and there were annual dinners and uh, I've got all the notebooks that record all the memberships from 1976. It's lovely to have. So basically it's a very easy to join club we welcome any gardeners petersfield and district it's quite loose our membership doesn't have to be ryan petersfield we meet in a pub in april and we distribute our seeds we all get a little envelope with 500 weight variety of seeds you take them away you do your best and then we meet on tarot fair night in october in another pub for the weigh-in we still weigh our pumpkins on Norman Bryant's potato scales. They're stored in somebody's workshop all year and slept into the pub. It's great big scales. And we have different classes that you compete for. We have silverware for the serious classes, which are heaviest pumpkin, first, second and third. And the classes with silverware are for the 100 weight seeds. So we have heaviest pumpkin, first, second and third. We have best matched pair and we have best all rounder. And then in the last couple of years, in lockdown actually, we gave everybody two seeds from different varieties of pumpkins. Perhaps not ones that grow quite so large. So if you haven't got a big garden or we've got members that grow their pumpkins in pots and things. And we call that the best of the rogues. 
and we have a we have a lovely glass domed trophy with a, a crocheted pumpkin in. That's the prize for that. <laughs> and that's basically what we do. It's a pretty, you know, low commitment club really. You rock up twice a year <laughs> and then you do your bit at home. That's brilliant. What a fantastic tradition to have. So how did you get involved? A friend of mine was wife of the chairman about I don't know probably 17 18 years ago um, it was Simon Crew then his brother is our chairman now Peter Crew, and they were looking for members as lots of clubs are and as we are still every year you know we welcome new members and people come and go and I thought it'd be quite fun I had a tiny little garden and had a little sort of veg box out the front in the drive and I grew pumpkins and I think the first year I might have won best matched pair which was just amazing <laughs> It's a little bit random, isn't it? All these <laughs> different things. It's very Petersfield, um, which is lovely. We have a special badge, we have a logo, and it's just great fun. We we have really experienced gardeners. We have quite a lot of allotment holders. We had a lovely member, Bob Keevil, who's unfortunately not here anymore, but he grew amazing pumpkins, and nobody ever found out what his secret was, but pretty much every year he had the heaviest pumpkin. I have heard of Bob Keevil, actually, yes. and I believe at the Adhurst Estate Allotments last year they held a pumpkin weigh-in in honour of Did they? Bob. Yes. Well known for his pumpkins yes. around yes. the area. Yes, it's, it's quite a, a small little world, and although people perhaps haven't heard about pumpkin growers, when you mention it, they go, oh yes, I remember so-and-so used to belong. How many members are currently in the club? Well, last year we were about 22 growers. Historically, we've had a limit of 30 growers. If we got more than that, we're not going to turn anyone away. So if anyone would like to join, you know, you'd be more than welcome. Good to hear. It sounds great fun. Are there any particular pumpkin varieties that you recommend people can grow if they're just starting out? There are lots of new types of seed, but I wouldn't say they're new varieties if you read about them. There's lots that are really flavoursome. And I think that's probably, if you're not growing for a competition, that's what you want. Nobody really wants a 50 kilo pumpkin. That's an awful lot of pies, isn't it? (laughs) So there's a Japanese variety called Blue Curry, which is a really, really tasty. And it's a lovely deep blue green pumpkin. And then there is the good old fashioned Crown Prince, which is that lovely sort of duck egg blue colour. But there are new varieties of that. There's something called Queensland Blue, which matures quite quickly and is really tasty and lasts a long time. You know, stores well over the winter, so that's quite good. Really good, fun one for children is one called Goosebumps. And it's an orange pumpkin. It's fairly upright. It's sort of like an upright oval. So it makes a nice lantern and it is covered in like warty goosebumps. Mm-hmm. So that's quite fun. And then there's the, the new white ones. They're white skinned on the outside. I don't know what they're like inside. Mm-hmm. I did think we might do a white variety for one of our best of the rogues this year. To see what they're like really. So, Give And you can get know. climbing ones, can't you? Yes. Little tiny ones, Jack be little. And that's great if you've got an arbor or even like an obelisk. You could put a couple up there and they'd look great hanging up, wouldn't they? They would. These sound like fantastic suggestions because now is about the time where you need to start growing your pumpkin seeds. I think it is, pretty much. And one thing I do know that our super grower, Bob Keevil, he used to start his on the 1st of May because he said there was no point starting them earlier. If it was sown on the 1st of May, it would grow just as quickly as if you'd sown it the month before. I think most people tend to start them indoors, don't really want to put them out till we're sure there's no frost. And just perhaps a little bit of protection from the winds and things till they get going. Depends how serious you want to be, really. Yes. Well, you never know. You never know. I mean, I'm going to tell you a secret now. I put mine on my compost heap. 
<laughs> um, because it's quite a deep compost heap and that usually stays wet for quite a long time and, you know, it's warm and it's wet and mm. there's a bit of goodness. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Bea, for that. <laughs> Do you, as a group, share tips and advice throughout the year as you're growing before you see each other again in, in October? Um, we we try to. I wouldn't say there's a lot of pictures showing people what they're growing, but um, I, th- I think we, we do, really. And if we have anybody new and they were struggling, then yes, you know, one of us would give them some guidance. But everybody's in a very funny way, a bit secretive about mm. their pumpkin growing and a bit <laughs> and about how big are your pumpkins. <laughs> when really we all know at home they're the size of a tennis ball and it's the middle of June and you're thinking, oh my goodness, come on. <laughs> I might give it a go this year. Do you know, you'd be more than welcome. Thank you very much. And thank you for telling us a bit more about the group. Thank you. Good luck with your growing this year. Thank you very much. Thanks, Claire. Thanks very much, Bee. Really lovely to meet you and the rest of the group at the Petersfield Pumpkin Growers Association. I hear now there's not a lot of contact from now until October with the group. Everyone goes into hibernation. A little bit of secrecy. Secrecy. <laughs> well, I, I remember asking Bob, because he used to stand on his plot watering his pumpkins, you know, and he had a big patch, just used to grow the hundredweight ones, I think. What are you watering those with, Bob? Never you mind, he'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty successful pumpkin grower, Bob. Yes, he was, yeah. And his final year, bless him, I think he won the heaviest. Did he? Which he was, he was so pleased with. I remember seeing him on the plot. How'd you get on to the show? Oh, I won the heaviest. I was like, brilliant. Oh. I, can't, I can't remember the weight he got, but it was a whopper. Good for him. Yeah, absolute whopper. Well, here we go. Excellent. The challenge has been set, Steve. So that's pumpkins covered, Steve. What else are you sowing right now? Well, I need, I need to plant my sweet peas out. They've been outside, hardened off in all this lovely weather. So they're all ready to go. The, uh, the ones the mice all cut off seem to be shooting from the base, which, oh, is, which is brilliant. Good so it uh, doesn't look like I've lost any. Maybe it's one or two. doesn't look like I've lost many, though. Beans, French and runners need to go in uh, any time now. I'm going to do another load of chilies. Last knockings really. The chilies are quite slow growing, and that's about it. We're almost almost done. Everything else potting on is the the next thing. Obviously, all the seeds that are sowed in seed trays need pricking out and potting on, which is a pain of a job. That <laughs> and finding space. Space, yes. Yeah. yeah. Space is always a premium, though, isn't it? In the greenhouse and then out in the garden. Yes. I, I have a sort of setup with the greenhouse and then some sort of benches outside to put trays on mm. you know when you do the okie when you're hardening stuff off and need to go back in the greenhouse overnight you know just have a load of um, benches outside the greenhouse that you just go and put stuff on so you're not making life too difficult for yourself that's a good idea yeah so i'm growing some new flower seeds for my cut flower garden inspired by Helia Bowling who I did ask how she positions her flowers because last time oh, yes. you asked if she grew them in blocks I did, yeah. of colour yes. or variety so she very smartly of course because she's done this before grows them in height order Ah. so she has raised beds and the highest ones go in the middle and then all around what a good idea. They go down in go. height, which makes complete sense. So handy tip. Thanks, Helia, for that very much. But one of the things I am growing, actually, which I looked for and I couldn't find for ages, are some flax seeds. Oh, yeah. Which I've grown before in amongst my roots. Yeah, yeah. Because the root patch can just look a bit green, which is lovely, but I love a little bit of colour in there in as, as well. well. And so you, I've got, have you found some? Yes, I have. Okay. I've found a scarlet variety. Oh, nice. They give out loads and loads of flowers. Yes, so although do. the flowers don't last long, you still have a lot Good of Good value for money, definitely. Yeah, and then yeah. they go to seed and you can use the actual flax seeds for all sorts of things yeah. when you're cooking. So I'm going to plant those. They're dead easy to plant. So you're busy, busy sowing. Busy sowing, busy potting on. 
uh, whilst juggling my day job, I was talking to a lovely lady called Lynn up in Liverpool who asked what I'd done over the long weekend. And as soon as I mentioned allotment, that was it. It was business talk out of the window. And all we did was talk about allotments. And she's very lucky. She's got a beautiful looking allotment. She sent me some pictures. She's got a polytunnel on there. She loves growing tomatoes and chilies. She doesn't grow any flowers, just veg. We were swapping war stories about allotments. It was brilliant. Again, gardening, such a leveler, isn't it? Mentioned gardening and all of a sudden, and swapping photographs with someone you've never met. Sounds a bit weird, but it's lovely. We now have a new listener, Lynn in Liverpool. Oh, brilliant. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for joining us. Well, actually, I remember, Steve, you mentioned that you did get a packet of seeds from the seed swap that were thyme seeds. Yes, I have sown them. Have you? They're not up yet, but I did only sow them less than a week ago. I'll let you know. That would be interesting. Yeah. I haven't grown thyme from seed before, but I always grow parsley. Well, I've got a mixture of, of the curly-leafed parsley, but I really like the flat-leaf flat leaf yeah. parsley. Looks a bit like coriander, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah. And which is something I haven't been successful in growing outside at all. Okay. But I am growing them in pots this year in yes. the greenhouse, Good. really. And they're coming up, which is brilliant. For more herbal inspiration, here's Catherine and Neil Walsgrove from Pepper Pot Herbs. Hello, both of you. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thanks so much for having me here to your beautiful herbal nursery. I've had a little walk around, Catherine, and it's it's a busy place right now. So why herbs? What started your interest in herbs, Neil? I've just always been uh, interested in the sort of different uses of plants, and herbs seems to cover quite a lot of areas, so edible, medicinal, and I've always been interested in propagation, so there's all sorts of propagation with herbs, from seeds to cuttings, hardwood cuttings, softwood cuttings, root cuttings, so... Uh, just the, the whole variety of the plant group that just interested me. The smell just stood here in one of your pony tunnels is gorgeous. Yeah, it's really nice, especially in the summer when all the oils are sort of more volatile and the, the scents come out. And we, so it's a, it's a nice place to work, quite relaxing, even though we're really busy. Yes. <laughs> well, how many herbs do you grow on site here then, Catherine? We've probably got about 150 ready at the minute online for customers. The range for garden centres is a bit less than that, but up to 200 varieties, yeah. I would say. Not all at the same time. And this is obviously your, your really busy period, so you're growing quite extensively at the moment. Yes, yeah, it's probably our busiest week. So which, far this year, yeah. Yeah, and that carries on right the way through till the end of May and June, and then it starts to slow down a little bit. So where can people find your herbs? Where can people buy the pepper uh, pot they herbs? Can, they can buy online from our website. Uh, they can buy at local markets that we do and also lots of the local garden centres that we supply within about a 60 mile radius of the, the nursery. But we also do have people popping in because they can buy directly from us on site. Ah, OK, well, that's good to know. So what varieties of herbs are your favourite to grow? I like the edible ones because I love cooking. So the most popular culinary varieties, I would say which might seem a bit bog standard but thyme and rosemary and tarragon and chives and you know all the ones that people are most familiar with i quite like basil because uh, it sort of gives me a time scale on the year so we sow it and i just think oh good that's the end of winter and then we'll be sort of potting it next week and i think great that's the start of summer the heat's coming so i can sort of uh, judge my year by what the basil crops do actually that's a nice way to grow isn't it you can probably hear it's quite windy and we're underneath the pony tunnels here so there's a lot going on at the farm at the moment what unusual herbs do you grow here that people may not be so familiar with? I think people are probably a little bit more familiar than they used to be, or certainly if they've bought from us, but some of the seasonal herbs, so the more tender ones like lemongrass, Vietnamese coriander, Thai basil, those sort of things. 
And we've come into one of your greenhouses, and this is where the baby herbs are. <laughs> so what happens in here? Basically, once the herbs have been sown, they come in here just to germinate. So this is the only heated space we have on the nursery. We try and keep it to about 18 degrees. And uh, once they've germinated, we move them out into the, the cold polytunnels, and they're, they're on their own then. Start them off warm and then right. set them off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we like to grow things fairly hard so that wherever they do go to their eventual homes, they're going to survive because they haven't been pampered too much on the nursery. And what have we got growing in here then, Catherine, at the moment? We've probably got all sorts of different things, but the basil is still sitting in here, which is looking very nice, waiting for it to be warm enough and sunny enough to pot. But apart from that, we've probably got 10 varieties of basil and then all sorts of things from dill, coriander, parsley, through to more unusual things like hyssop, lemongrass. I've got about 140 trays to sow today. Yeah, cowslips, mitsuba, so some of the edible flowers, heartsease, pot marigolds, and the salad leaves. Rocket is popular, watercress, all sorts of different things. Is it easy to grow herbs for someone at home thinking about growing herbs in their own gardens? Generally, herbs are very easy. Lots of them are Mediterranean-based, and naturally they just grow on scrub soils out in the Mediterranean, so they don't need great amounts of feed, and they don't need much water, so they're good for sort of you know drought-resistant growing and things. And the salad ones, because they're so quick-growing, as long as you keep them watered, generally they're going to keep producing. Have you noticed people asking questions with regards to climate change? I mean, the summer we had last year was extremely hot. How did that affect the growth of your herbs? Yeah, it is definitely a question you get asked more and more, and lots of people do go to lavenders and rosemaries and things like that, which are going to be more drought-tolerant. Growing-wise, we've got a, a borehole that supplies all our water, so fortunately we can keep everything irrigated. But in the hot, dry weather sort of sales slow right down <laughs> kind of signals the end of our season although we do supply all year round you've been at this site for a number of years how has the nursery grown we bought this site and it was an agricultural field without any planning permission so took a big risk about eight years ago and then we moved from our rented site onto it the following year and we've done everything all the polytunnels the two barns the greenhouse that we're in at the moment, everything. And Neil's never got enough space and always wants to put up another polytunnel. (laughs) (laughs) Did you envision it to be this this big when you first started uh not especially no it's just <laughs> it's just kept growing because we've had more and more demand so we've supplied lots of independent garden centers and they've sort of gone on and bought other garden centers so you end up with more and more customers and and the demand for herbs i think has has just gone through the roof especially with everyone doing a lot more growing through covid for their own uses and uh yeah, just demands always more than we can supply. So what plans do you have for the nursery in the future, do you think? I think we've gone through quite a big period of growth, so we're probably looking at just sort of standing still for a little while and taking stock and seeing where we want to move on to next. So as such, we're not going to expand further at the moment. We'll just see how, how things go, really. And is there a herb that you haven't grown or that you've tried to grow, the one that sort of eluded you over the years? Not particularly, but I've never mastered the art of germinating sweet Sicily. So some years we get a really good crop of it, other years it just won't germinate at all. And I've tried every different stratification method and things to try and get it going, but I just can't get it regularly growing. So that's something I'd like to continue working on to find the solution. (laughs) It's been lovely to come here and meet you both. Thank you very, very much. It smells gorgeous. What a wonderful place to work. And here's to growing more herbs this year. Thank you very much. Lovely to see you. 
Thanks so much, Catherine and Neil. Really lovely to come and visit you up at your gorgeous herbal nursery. Feeling very inspired now to try more herbs. You know, we're having hot summers, so the, the sort of Mediterranean herbs grow really well. I think that sort of temperate climate works well for herbs, doesn't it? Mm, it does. I'm picking some already. Yeah. The mint's up and I've been having mint in tea. Fantastic. Um, love it. Really, really love it. So thanks so much. but we can't be here without mentioning your dahlias. The cuttings are coming on thick and fast now. I've got the, the varieties I want to propagate from cuttings. The rest, as you know, I've left in the ground, but the cuttings are coming on. Big growers have been doing it for months and they've got hundreds of cuttings already. You know, I only start to sort the of beginning of April, really. And just lit literally take the cutting, dip them in a bit of rooting hormone, and then put them in a really loose mix of compost that you just keep damp, not moist, not wet, not dry, just damp with lots of bottom heat on them and within a week they'll have roots. So where do you take the cutting from? Okay, so imagine the tuber. Around the eye of the tuber is where the cuttings come from. Some say take it with a bit of tuber, I don't. I take it with a razor blade, just take a really clean cutting and then cut the cutting at sort of the second leaf nodule. Take those leaves off, dip it in the rooting compound and away you go. So you yeah. don't use any of the tuber at all? No. No, you can, you can, but I don't. Again, listen to people, been to Wisley, to the National Daily Society show, talk to them, look at the National Daily Society website. There's so much information on there, it's brilliant. You know, if, if I were to specialise in, in just doing dahlias, obviously this plot would be completely taken up by dahlias and all the others. I think five dahlia beds is plenty for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> Maybe in a year or two's time, Steve. I don't, there might be six this year. <laughs> Your dahlias do look beautiful. I mean, they are stunning flowers. What varieties have you chosen to grow this year? A couple of the ones that I really love and that I'm propagating are Blight and Softer Gleam, which is a bronzy yellow sort of colour. Then uh, another one called Gateshead Festival, which is just stunning. Absolute showstopper. It really is beautiful. And then a couple of the pom-pom varieties. Winky Lambrusco, which I thought was a brilliant name, <laughs> um, which is a red colour and absolute belter for the show is a, a variety called Moor Place, which is like a deep red, almost oxblood red, but beautiful form. So they're, they're the four that I'm propagating this year. And have you got new varieties you're trying? I have, and I can't remember which ones they mm. are. I, I, I had a bit of a, a dive into the, the catalogue back in December and picked a couple. And, and I've gone for a, not a giant variety, but I've gone for a, a large variety this year, which I've never grown before. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Do you have to worry about staking them yes. when the flowers get well, really big? So some stake them. What I do is in each bed, there's six posts and stretched out across those six posts is 10 centimetre wide rope netting. The rope netting is absolutely essential. And that's set at about a foot and a half, two foot high, and the plants grow through that. And I've found that gives it really good support, actually. So you don't have to stake every single plant. Some do. I choose to grow it that way. That's similar to how Helia grows her cut flowers, actually. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. Yeah, which is an interesting way of doing it. Adds yeah. support, but yeah. without having to prop up every single plant. And I think it's, it's pretty non-intrusive as well. Once the plants are up, you can't really see it. You've got to be careful when you're taking the cuttings. You don't cut the netting. Yeah, it's, it's fairly non-intrusive and does the trick. Good yeah. tips. Yeah. And the other thing I'm doing with the dahlias is the ones I've left in, the ones that are, are off with their heads, as it were, oh. they need digging out. 
washed off. I'm going to separate them, put them in pots. They'll be fine. They'll be absolutely fine. I've just chosen not to grow them again this year and I'll be selling them on at plant sales over the next few months. Excellent. You do a lot of plant sales around here. Well, Steep Flower Show does a plant sale and that is the weekend of the coronation, Saturday of the weekend of the coronation. Steep Flower Show is a fantastic institution, but I'm a major advocate of it and a, and a big supporter. I've entered there for the last number of years, now on the committee, but what they've started to do with the funds that they're raising at the Flower Show is started distributing that amongst local gardening community groups for the greater good of the gardening community and, and even sort of local schools. I know Steep Primary School got a chicken run donated to them from the proceeds of the Steep Flower Show. So if you find yourself at a loose end over the coronation weekend, head up to Steep. The Flower Show is at rest stalls on, on the Saturday of the coronation weekend. And it's a, it's a brilliant day. Well, Steve, thanks so much. It's been wonderful sitting here with the sun on my back once again. It's been beautiful. It's really lovely. And that blackbird sat up in that tree up there. He's making a lot of racket. Hopefully you can hear us uh, over the racket yeah. he's making. <laughs> Wants to join in. Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us team at shineradio.uk or you can call or WhatsApp us on 01730 You can also follow us on Instagram. We have an Instagram page. We'd love you to follow, say hi, see what we're up to down here on a regular basis at the allotment. You can find us at growing together underscore shine radio. We'll be back next month early in May. So until then, happy gardening. Growing together is new twice a month and supported by Alitex, modern Victorian glass houses made in South Harting. Get the latest editions of Growing Together at any time at shineradio.uk. If you're a keen gardener, then Shine Radio is giving you the chance to win tickets to the BBC Gardener's World Spring Fair in Bewley. The event brings together sensational displays, famous experts and hands-on workshops. And you could win two free tickets to go along on Sunday the 30th of April. All you have to do is correctly name the two presenters of Shine Radio's gardening show, Growing Together. You can enter the competition at shineradio.uk at any time before midnight on Friday the 14th of April. We'll put all the correct entries into a flower pot and draw one lucky winner. Conditions apply, so check rules at shineradio.uk and don't forget to enter before midnight on Friday the 14th of April.